Good morning, Grace Point. We're so glad you're here with us today. We're continuing our series, Let It Be. Uh, we're talking about in this series, embodying the values we share as a community. And this week, we're going to talk about the value of honesty or authenticity. And the way we talk about this at Grace Point is we say we believe in and express our authentic selves. For so many of us, that journey, part of that journey has been beginning to be able to say out loud um, what we really think, what we really feel, what we really believe, what we trust. Um, and for so many of us, in so many different ways, our journey prior um, to where we are now told us maybe you couldn't say some of those things out loud. Maybe you couldn't acknowledge your questions and doubts, and maybe, maybe you should just keep those quiet. And so I'm really thrilled today to be here with Corey Dandridge, uh, a Grace Pointer from uh, up north in Pennsylvania. And um, Corey, we'll, we'll hear a little bit about how he connected with Grace Point, but Corey, thanks so much for taking the time to do this this week. Josh, this is amazing. This opportunity just to even just share with you and talk with you is just um, more than I ever even ever imagined. <laughs> you know, um, just joining with you guys just over a few months ago, I never thought I would be sitting here. You know, but um, <laughs> well, you know, and it's so you know, Corey and Sarah and their family are part of Grace Point. And um, it's just been amazing how quickly you guys connected with the community. Uh, I mean, you, you, they see you all the time doing announcement videos and that kind of, that kind of thing. Um, it really does feel like it, you just fit real, really quickly. You guys just got plugged in at Grace Point. Well, you know what? You guys have made it very easy to do so um, with your, open, uh, your openness and your welcoming attitude you know, towards anyone that um, decides to come and, and be a part of what's going on here. Um, it, it's just amazing. And you don't get that same uh, welcoming atmosphere everywhere. And I mean, you can, I'm, sometimes you've been, uh, people have been welcomed and they, they, they say you're welcome to come in and join, but once you get in, you, you kind of, it's kind of like a bait and switch mm -hmm. and, and it hasn't been like that at all no. for us. Man, I'm so glad to hear that. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. And I'm so glad that you guys have connected. So um, what I'd like to do is just talk to you a little bit about your, your own journey and your experience. And I'd like to begin by asking you what, what is your religious background? Like where did, how, how did you start out in the world of the Christian faith? What was that like for you? Um, well, I, I'd like to say, like, uh, I always tell the story about um, my growing up in the church. Um, I was literally born and raised in the church. Um, my mother went into labor on a weeknight service. <laughs> <laughs> on a midweek awesome. service. And um, I was born soon after. So literally born and raised in the church. Um, but I come from a, a Pentecostal background, um, a Reformation called Church, Church of God in Christ. And um, it's kind of synonymous or uh, with Assemblies of God. Um, and so it's a Pentecostal background. Um, basically, you know, we were, you know, hand clapping, foot stomping, tongue talking, <laughs> <laughs> fundamentalist, you know, um, a spirit-filled, you know, uh, organization um, believes in signs, gifts, and wonders. And if if you uh, understand where that, you know, 
that connotation comes from. Yeah. So, I mean, how did, how did you think about the Bible? Uh, and I, I, growing up, I mean, I, I was probably the farthest from that. My high school years, we were in a Southern Baptist church. And we always used to joke that we were the frozen chosen. The, <laughs> like, not, not always a ton of life in that. But when, so when you were thinking about the Bible, um, I, I knew Assemblies of God folks when I was growing up, but I never really had these conversations with them. What was, was it a similar approach to the Bible, sort of inerrant, infallible, literal? Is that how you all understood it? Very much so. Very much so. A literal. Um, the word of God is infallible. Um, you know, you, you honor leadership and you, you, you uh, reverence leadership and you obey leadership. That was a huge um, uh, tenet that you, you know, you honor that and you don't stray. You don't, li you don't listen to anything else but the Bible. You don't um, really seek to learn anything other than what is being given to you. And, um, you know, if, if you, if you want their opinion, they'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's sort of one of those contexts where if you're not going to question leadership, I, I would imagine what that would mean is you're just not going to question, or if you it, do, you're, it's not a thing you say out loud. Correct. Correct. Did, did, did you have growing up questions and those kind of things that you were, you were maybe afraid to voice? Well, I, I would always think of things um, that I was reading. I would, I would always wonder how uh, I felt like the Bible contradicted itself. And, you know, even the one that you brought up um, about the, um, uh, the ark, Noah, Noah and the ark, and how the different um, stories there were. There were like two versions. <laughs> and, and, I, and I remember reading that back then. And I'm like, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, you know, even learning later on, like there's different accounts of, of the crucifixion or of the, of, uh, you know, how Jesus died in, I mean, like several of the uh, books of the Bible, they don't even talk about it. Like Matthew doesn't even really, <laughs> you know, and it's like Mark is the, what, I think it's Mark is the only one that really kind of gives a full, but, yeah, Matthew. So Mark ends, and I did an Easter sermon one year where I did the Gospel of Mark story, and it just ends with them finding an empty tomb and the women walking away and saying nothing to no one. And my whole point was like, that's what we're doing. That's all like they eventually told, obviously. But like what we're doing, like that's what we get. We don't get the you know Jesus showing up on the beach with some fish and it, like, <laughs> like they get more elaborate as they go. But we live in that space of. There's a rumor about an empty tomb. We don't know what to do with that. Um, yeah, and they're, they're all very different. Very different. Very different. And I mean, there's, there's I mean, many other things that, you know, um, that, were, you know, we, we would kind of wrestle with that. I would actually wrestle it on my own. But, and I would try to bring it up to my dad, who was a pastor. Like, I, I forgot to mention that he was a pastor for almost 35 years. And um, growing up in a pastor's house, you didn't really question much. You just did as you were told. You know, uh, I was the oldest of six kids and we were the music department. We were the van drivers. We, <laughs> we did it all. You know, we took up the offering. We, we, I mean, we did it all. We, we were the Levites. We were the, <laughs> <laughs> the family business. 
family <laughs> business. <laughs> you know, it's, um, my grandpa was a Free Will Baptist pastor. So my first 11 years when he was alive, that's where we were. And it was very much, you know, kind of similar. We were there just about every time the door was open. Um, and you know, I can just, I remember similar things like that of hearing things in, in when I got started reading the Bible and all. So when I got, you know, saved, which is when I, you know, was threatened so sufficiently that I had to go down front and get right. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, that, you know, all that sort of way that trauma builds up over time. But I remember getting a Bible um, and my parents had my name embossed in, in on the front, engraved on the front. And I started reading the Bible, uh, really reading it. And it was in King James, but even then there were things like, you're like, I'm just like, what, what, why is, why does that not, why does that not match up? They're not all telling the same story. And now I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, no mental gymnastics. I'm just okay with it. Um, so, you know, when, when we met, did you, I think the first time we talked, you came to a reconstruct, right? Is that, That's correct. You remember? And when, when was that? Do you remember? Um, I believe it was around the time of like just before Easter. It was like um, Palm Sunday, between Palm Sunday and Easter. Okay. So right, right when we were going virtual, you were right there. Right there. When I heard, listened to the uh, Palm Sunday message, um, my, my heart was just like attacked. It was just like, I can't believe I'm hearing what I'm hearing. And some of the things that I was, you know, studying and learning about on my own and not really kind of sharing with too many people because, you know, they look at you crazy. You know, your friends <laughs> will look at you crazy, all the ones that I grew, you know, grew up with. And you, you don't ask those kind of questions. And, you know, talking about atonement, um, talking about sin and <laughs> what it really is or isn't. And that just really blew my mind. Um, and I was just like, I was, I was totally, you know, taken with the fact that, wow, I'm learning, I'm learning about this stuff on my own. I'm listening to all these different podcasts and, and I'm like, wow, I finally found some, someone that's talking my language or talking what I've been really like, kind of like wrestling with. And, um, I just, I just had, I saw that you guys had reconstruct on Wednesday. And um, I said, you know, what? I'm going to try it out and I'm just going to show up. I mean, I told Sarah, you know, um, let's try it out. What, you know, what's the worst that can happen? They'll kick us out. They'll say, you know, you know, they'll block us, put a block on us and say, <laughs> you can't come. You know, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, I'm so glad you did. I want to come back to that in just a little bit. So what what began the shift for you then? Because so, when you when you found us, you said you were reading stuff, listening to stuff. Like there's obviously there's a migration happening for you from the the beliefs or doctrines or whatever that you grew up with to a new, more progressive lens through which you see faith now. So what what started that shift for you? Well, like I said, I grew up um, very uh, fundamentalist and um, very strict, very literal interpretation of the Bible. And this one particular um, weekend, I was really struggling and I was living at home at the time. I was probably like 20, 21 or something like that. And I was, um, I was at home 
And I was just telling my dad, I said, you know what? I just feel like there's so much more than what we're doing and then than what we're learning and that then what we're experiencing as a body of Christ. I mean, we go we we go through the same type of services every Sunday and every weeknight and and the same things are happening. The same people come up to the altar to get prayed for. You know, I mean, I, you never really see miracles happen. You never really see all these things that you read about in the Bible happening. And we're, we're so focused on money, raising money. And it just got like, I just really got tired of it. So I told him and I said, you know what? Um, I'm just feeling like there's more. He said, well, you know, there's always, you know, there's, there's, there's more, but you know, you, 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 there's, no there's no perfect place. There's no perfect place. All right, dad. Well, this particular weekend, I was at um, a friend of mine's church um, around the corner from where my dad's church was. And he, he happens to be white and his church is predominantly, well, predominantly white at that time. and um, they're not, they were a non-denominational church. They actually left um, Assemblies of God and, uh, okay. became, and became non-denominational. And um, so, you know, our experiences were kind of similar. Um, our ours was a little more de demonstrative, but, you know, he and I were friends. He's a musician. He's pastor's son. We hung out. It was cool. So I come to a service every now and then. I sat in their service this particular um, weekend and um, and then all of a sudden, while in the midst of the, the message that the guest preacher was um, preaching, I felt like, I felt like this impression said, you're supposed to be here. I was like, what? And I was, I was sitting next to a girl that I was kind of, you know, getting friendly with. And um, <laughs> so I said, um, what did you say? And she said, I didn't say anything. I said, well, I felt like somebody said something. So I, I felt like I heard something. She said, nothing, just shut up, you know, just listen. And again, I felt the same impression. I said, okay, um, you're supposed to be here. Like you're supposed to be at this at this church. I'm like, what's going on? Now this is a white man's church around the corner from my dad's church. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? This is crazy. So, um, uh, you know, the service goes on. The pastor um, decides to call the ministers in training up to you know to pray for them because he was kind of like their overseer and he was just in town and. Um, and so the drummer, I had been training the drummer, like giving him lessons. And so that everyone was comfortable with me playing drums at their church. And so he was one of the ministers in training. So he got up to get prayed for, and I got on the drums. I sat down and I'm playing lightly and just, you know, playing. And again, I felt this impression that you're supposed to be up there with the ministers in training. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, this is tripping me out. So I'm having like a conversation, literally a conversation with myself. And, <laughs> and uh, later on, I found out that somebody was looking at me. They said, man, it looked like you were talking to somebody. And I said, 
I kind of was. And after the service, I'm out in the car sitting and talking to the girl. And I said, you know what? I don't know how to say this, but I feel like I'm supposed to be in this church. And she just broke down crying and just like, she was weeping. I said, whoa, whoa, what happened? She said, I don't know, but I, I sense the same thing. You know, I just didn't know how to tell you because your dad's church is right around the corner and you grew up there and this and that. And I said, oh my goodness. So the pastor's son went out with the guest speaker and, the, and his dad, who, you know, they went out to eat afterwards, after the eat, after the message. And I hung out at, with his wife at their house and I waited for them to come back from, from the diner. And I had already told his wife what I had, you know, I had experienced in the service. And she was like, oh my God, you got to tell him, you got to tell him. And he came in and he sat down at his table, at his dining room table. And he was like, you know what, Corey, you know, Randall was at the diner tonight. And he said, you know what, Corey's supposed to be in this church. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, this is crazy. So, you know, long story short, we kind of like, um, we, we had all these conversations with his dad. His dad and I had these conversations and it was just, it was like a moment. It was a, a, a huge moment for me to leave my dad's church and go yes. to this white man's church around the corner. And they, cause they had really had started on their journey on branching out and you know kind of like reaching out and getting listening to different um speakers and you know getting into reading different books and and just you know really you know branching out and so i started on my journey with that and i left my reformation and went to their church so was that awkward that was extremely awkward because number one i was living in my dad's house at the oh, time right. and i really didn't have like a car situation i was driving the church van <laughs> so you're driving the church van to the other church <laughs> so that's <laughs> awesome that right there that's just awesome so when i finally got up the nerve to actually leave uh my dad was like obviously you cannot you know you can't keep the van now, mind you, I, I kind of left out a big detail also that I was ordained an elder in my dad's church. Oh, so you're, you're actually in a position of leadership. Yes. Okay. I'm an yeah. ordained elder at my, through that reformation, through the Kojic Church Reformation. So this was huge for me at the time and and my dad was like well you, you got to give me your collar you you can't drive the van you can't do this and you can't do that I, you know and when i left and I, I went over there for that first sunday that the pastor and i sat in the office and he said you know i want you to be you know right under you know right in our ministerial staff and kind of like come under our, his wing and he said wait a minute what are you driving i said nothing now I'm, I have no car now. He said, and he said, you know, wait a minute. He made one phone call and a couple in the church, their, their father had just passed away like three months uh, prior. 
And they said, we got a car laying in the, in the, in the backyard. It's, it's perfect. It's, he can have it for free. Oh, that works out. That worked out like amazingly. So I got a car the first, the first wow. week I was there that when I made the jump and I was like, yes. oh my God. And, you know, and just things just, you know, started to roll and roll and roll. And I just felt more comfortable there. And I felt like, I was like, wow, my mind is like just expanding. My, my you know, vocabulary is just like going crazy. Now I start to read books. I started to read a lot. And it was just, it was mind blowing. It was great. You know, um, uh, I got married there to, to my first wife there and I got just a lot of things happen. And I also met years later, years into that, um, we went as a ministerial staff down to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania to see and listen to a man who's starting a movement called the Emergent Church. Wow. And this gentleman's name is Brian McLaren. Wow. That's awesome. And I'm like, Okay, you know, we had started reading, I forgot what book is, is for one of his first books. And we started, you know, we all started reading his books and we're like, okay, we're gonna jump on this wagon. This is, this is great. This is amazing. This is exciting. Um, and so we went down there, we, we had, went to the conference. It was amazing. We sat and talked with Brian for a little, you know, a little bit. It was just great. It was, it was awesome. And, at that time, I was also um, uh, listening to um, Carlton Pearson, Bishop Carl Carlton Pearson. And he was talking about universalism and, you know, um, you know, everything that he's talking about. And so I started to look at Carlton Pearson, Brian McLaren. Um, soon after that, uh, Schaefer, Frank Schaefer, Francis Schaefer. And... Um, you know, just kind of like my mind was just blown at that point. But, and I'll give it back to you in a second. At when when you keep, Brian you keep decided, it, brother. <laughs> when Brian I told decided, you to preach. <laughs> no, it's no preach. But when Brian decided to marry his gay son, um, that's when we broke it off. That was a that was a deal breaker for us. Too far at the time. That went. That went way too far. That was beyond the pale. You know, no, that's not cool. So we just left it at that. And there was really no more talk of that. Mm. However, I was still intrigued. And so I would study, I would still read, you know, his books and I would start to branch out and, you know, kind of like look for things to, you know, really, cause like now I'm starting to have experiences um, with the church at the time, it was kind of during Obama's um, first uh, term. And now that that church was primarily a Republican led church, you know, mm -hmm. under, under undercurrent. And, and a lot of tension was go uh, going on, you know, throughout the church and even on the ministerial staff, it was just, it was, it was bad where even to the point where one of the elders was sending around emails with monkeys and, oh. you know, displaying, uh, displaying um, Obama as a monkey. And it was just, I was like, whoa, whoa. And nobody was really calling him to the carpet. And I'm like, 
this is so, not cool. You, you know, so it was a, a mostly white church, but did I'm just wondering, like, did anybody care how you were processing that? Was, was anybody like, hey, maybe we should listen to what Corey has to say about this? They they basically looked at it like, well, he's he's older and he's just that's just him and and they kind of like just brushed it off. Mm. And I'm like, wait a minute, no, I was there was I was the, at that time I was the only African American on the pastoral team. I was the only one, and and the church it was probably like a seventy thirty type you know situation. 70 white 70 percent white and 30 percent other so there so it was kind of like trying to make the meld you know to make that um you know uh um the word but they're trying to integrate as much as they could and it just it just wasn't the undercurrent was just too heavy mm -hmm. and long story short of that i i mean i i, I eventually decided to leave um, my wife at the time and I we decided to leave and we just I just like I can't take it anymore I can't take it anymore I mean one of the last straws was when from the pulpit the pastor was like if if Obama gets elected for the second term I'm leaving the country I'm like what <laughs> I literally we literally got up and walked out of the church and I, I came back eventually and apologized, but it was just, it, that was just like, this is crazy. Sure. Well, I wonder, so at the beginning for me, I wasn't aware that I was doing anything dangerous or that I would get in trouble for, that was controversial. Like I just started reading and asking questions and it wasn't until I started saying it out loud in front of other people that I was like, oh, not everybody's on this journey. Did you have an, like, were you very aware from the beginning, like, you know, I'm, I'm doing something that's going to get me in trouble here. Or were you in sort of a situation where you were like, you, you found out and you're like sneaking off to read the books because you know you're going to get in trouble. If somebody sees that you've got a, a Brian. And I didn't start with Brian. Uh, you know, the, the thing that broke me, I'm going to say this out loud. The thing that really, like the first thing besides the Bible that I started reading were books um, in high school by Max Lucado. What? <laughs> And wow. that even was somewhat controversial because we had this very, um, you don't read books that aren't the Bible. Like you were talking about with your denomination, like you don't read books that aren't the Bible. So did you, were you aware that you were in dangerous territory just by reading these things and asking these things from the beginning or did it just dawn on you over time? No, I was very much aware. I was very much aware that the things that I was reading, things that I was learning about were taboo you know, for the church that I came from. And um, it was just, you know, it was something that I just felt like, you know, I, I have to, like, I have to, like, see what, where this road leads to. Because it's like, now it's, um, things are kind of like starting to make sense. And we went through a bunch of different movements. We went through the kingdom movement, where everything was the kingdom, and where everything was, uh, I, I mean, it was just, it we went through a bunch of different turns, you know, twists and turns, um, even to get where I'm, uh, where I am today. Um, I even look back at the church um, right now. They're kind of like in, um, they're going through the whole uh, Eastern Orthodox oh, type. Okay. Yeah. They're, and they're, they're bringing liturgy into their services and 
um, as, I think they're called convergent, convert a convergent church. Okay. Yeah, that that's their movement now. But go ahead. Yeah, no, but I mean, I I, I definitely knew that I was on a different road, a different path, and. Um, when I started to hear Brian talk about his son and talk about, you know, um, uh, homosexuality, uh, just even broaching that topic was like, oh my God, this is crazy. But it's so, but why not? Why, why not, you know, welcome everyone to the church? Why not? Why not? Where does it say that we can't? And then I know all about all the, quote unquote clobber scriptures and and all of that and and so I really for a long time I had to kind of like you know really kind of study that and like and understand where I need to you know fall on that and that's that's what you know that's kind of led me here <laughs> so, so the, the the first thing I remember us really engaging with each other about was um around this issue of LGBTQ plus inclusion um and I remember when you reached out at one point and said hey I'm I want to go public with the fact that I'm affirming. Um, what was that? And because of your background, because your your dad was a pastor, because of all of that experience, I, I know that you felt like I'm, I'm going to get some I'm going to get some flag for this. But why was it so important for you to just be honest about where you were? Because um, I understand, or I I, I empathize the pain that my brothers and sisters feel with you know with just living their life just being and I said you know what I can't come here and not be a part of the family fully and embrace what we are as a family fully and not allow people to know where I am at this point in my life and where you know what I stand for because it, it really kind of like uh came to life for me when one of the last places that I served at um, as a musician and worship leader, uh, they made me sign a form saying that, you know, if you're going to serve on ministry here, on the ministry team here, you're going to be on stage, you're going to be this and that, um, you have to say that um, gay marriage is wrong and, home, you know, the whole thing, you know, that the whole life, the lifestyle is wrong and all of that that was one of the things that you had to sign and say and i reluctantly i remember bringing it home to sarah the form and i was like i don't feel comfortable signing this i don't feel comfortable signing this form this is crazy but you know i i haven't played i haven't sung in in such a long time i mean it's a great church it's one of the largest churches in america actually here in pennsylvania and um and I'm sitting here like, you know, this is a great opportunity, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. And I eventually signed the thing in and I went and started playing and singing. But the whole time I'm like, this is just not right. This is not right. This is not me. This is not being honest with where I'm at. And, and I eventually went to them and I said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. I can't do this anymore. Um, 
um, I'm, I've been kind of like listening to this, you know, the messages from another church, a, a affirming church, and I'm really like really clicking with what they're, you know, what they're talking about and what, how they're, you know, just welcoming everyone. And, and, and the, and the, the uh, campus pastor told me when I was talking to him as I was getting ready to leave, he said, well, you know, Corey, we welcome everyone. <laughs> everyone can come to our church. We even have, you know, some people that are ushers and, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Um, the thing is, I mean, think about it. Jesus had Judas around him. So why? Are you serious? And I'm sitting there with the phone in my hand, I'm like, <laughs> my goodness. Jesus had Judas? So, so we can have homosexual, we can have the LGBTQ family people come and serve with us, but we, we won't, they can't, they can't be ministers, they can't be on the stage, they can't be a part of the leadership. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, last week I was in a conversation with somebody, they were doing some work around um, inclusion uh, in all sorts of areas of society. They asked me if we could talk about church. And the writer asked me, what is one thing you would say to, pastors and churches who are thinking about this issue and I would say you have to decide to go all in because churches that don't go all in are wounding people and they're actively working against what God's doing in the world they're actively working against this movement that um, in so many areas of, of our lives where people who are being um, are, are on the underside of power people who are essentially victims of a dominant stru structure that's xenophobic hateful bigoted right their lives are, like you have to go all in you can't you can't say oh everybody's welcome but then there's this asterisk asterisk and underneath it there's all this fine print about what you can and can't do and so that for you for you that was that was sort of like the i gotta gotta cut cut bait and run with this yep i had to do it i i, I had to do it and um it was the best decision i've ever you know i've made in a long time um i i, I just i would never i would never go back to a church like that mm. i could never go back to a church like that um i mean i don't know if you want to talk about this later but i one of the other main reasons for me being here and and wanting to stay here and belong here was when I think at that time George Floyd was had was getting you know either happened or or soon after us you know soon after Easter um, George Floyd um, death came about and you as the pastor jumped on it with you know coming out with a statement and then you came out the church came out with a statement and I'm like this is new this is new like for the church to even be socially conscious of what's actually going on um with african americans in this in this country i mean the systemic racism that's in this country in the world and i was just like blown away i was like whoa you didn't hesitate you didn't say well let me let me i don't know if you did or not but it's not it, it almost came out like i didn't talk to the board i didn't I didn't wait. The board didn't have a vote for me to say if I can say something or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, 
you just put something out. I was like, oh my goodness, who does that? I've never seen anything like that before. And that, like, that was a, that was a game changer for me. That mm-hmm. was a game changer for me. I had never experienced it because like, like I said, I've been a part of um, uh, integrated church for 20 years, you know? I mean, I'm 47. I joined that church, um, that, that church, that was, I think it was like 23, 24, something like that. And, you know, so I've been in and around this for a long time. And I've never, and I've been through three churches since, and I've never experienced, experienced that before. Man, I'm, well, first of all, I'm just so glad you, you found Grace Point and that you took a chance showing up at a reconstruct and when I mean, you all have become such a part of the community and it's it's really i mean in some ways reshaping my understanding of what community even is right because um of how beautiful this whole process has been i want to um, everything you've shared today i appreciate you being willing i know talking about your own moments of rise, com, coming to um the most honest space living authentically or they're they're meaningful and i appreciate you sharing them I want to ask you one question just as we get ready to wrap up. What is, because I just always find this interesting, what is something you're excited about right now? Something you're learning, something you're reading, you're thinking, what is something that excites you right now on your journey? Um, I had, like I said, I, I think I mentioned to you or in the group um, last week, I was, um, I started, a, you know, I was finishing up a book with, uh, on, uh, by Richard Rohr, uh, Falling Upward and about just basically moving into this new stage of life where you know you're you're kind of throwing all those things away and you're walking this contemplative walk with christ and 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 walk with god and just like really like learning yourself and and opening yourself to what's really you know what the world is really about um and then you mentioned the book um by uh shelby spong James Shelby's yeah. unbelievable. That book is just <laughs> blowing right. away. That's right. kind of like his, good. his, what is it? His thesis, you know, he has, yeah. it's his like manifesto for the, for the future church. And oh my goodness, it's unbelievable it truly is unbelievable it lives up to the hype into the name. it really li- lives up to the hype um i'm really into that book and um just the ideas and just and you know i've heard you talk of, about a few of them like you know about um sin and you know about the atonement and um about oh my goodness there's just so many different uh things that it touches on um and it's just blowing my mind. It's really like expanding me. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I don't know who else to talk to about it, but <laughs> I'm able to talk to you guys about it. And it's just like totally amazing. Um, I, Grace Point has saved my spiritual life. Mm. I can truly say that because I was really kind of like in a desert for the past five years and just kind of like, and I was just serving because I, I knew how to do that. I know how to sing, I know how to play. 
I, I did that. I have my own groups. I've done church. I know how to do church. But I didn't know how to live life mm. like it was supposed to be. Mm. And um, just being open and, and, and free to everyone and just, just it's, it's, been, it's been a game changer for me. I, 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 there's, I, I really am grateful for this church. I mean, when my wife had her health, health scare a few months ago, and you guys as a body, as a, you know, as a family, just jumped on it. I made, the, I put the call out, and I didn't expect all that would happen, but you guys just loved on us in tangible ways, not just like, our thoughts and prayers are with you guys. <laughs> you know, we hope you're, I know you're way over there in Pennsylvania, but you know, we can't really reach out to you. No, you guys reached out and latched onto us. You supported us. It was in so many different ways. I mean, we're, we're just eternally grateful. We, we, I, there's no way we could repay what you guys, the, the love that you guys showed uh, to us during that time. And it was, it was such a scary time, such a scary time. I mean, and things are happening fast and you guys just jumped in and I I'll, we'll never forget that. We'll never forget that. Mm -hmm. And so whenever you ask us to, to, to do the announcements or whatever, whatever to be a part, whatever you ask of us, we will do our best to, to oblige and, and just like give our all. We, we love doing what we're doing. Um, the kids love it. They're like, every time they come over, they're like, dad, is it our turn yet? It's our turn yet <laughs> to do the announcements. Because I let them do the announcement. I let them actually say stuff and, and we yeah. do the whole little skits and they love it. You know, even Sarah, she's like, she's very shy and very kind, you know, but she even joins in on, on the action. And it's just, it's like amazing to watch my family, you know, just really connect with a church that's hundreds of miles away. And, and, we, and you embrace us like, like we're right there. That's just amazing. Man, I'm so glad to hear. I'm so glad to hear that. And we're grateful for you all. And, you know, you and Sarah and those beautiful kids being a part of this community. It's just, it's a gift. And, I'm grateful for the, I'm grateful for ways you've loved on my family and that you've been there for my oldest when he's had questions and struggles. Uh, it's been, it's been a beautiful thing to watch. So, so grateful for you all. So grateful you're here at Grace Point and so grateful that you took some time to share your story this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, beautiful. We love you guys. We really do. We really do. Grace Point loves you back, man.